The Talking Point with Kathy Motsasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point and we wrap up the final hour of the show today um, looking at some of the challenges or uh, the challenges really in government's land reform process. Peter Sito is chief executive of Vumelana Advisory Fund and he's recently penned an article um, where he has listed just a number of um, challenges and problems um, that he has identified uh, where he believes government is actually going wrong in their land reform policy. Peter, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me and good morning to you and your listeners. Peter, before we get into our conversation, just so that uh, we have better context for myself and for our listeners, tell us more about the work that you as Vumelana Advisory Fund do in particular, how you directly, of course, um, engage with the land reform program. Thank you. Vumelana Advisory Fund is a non-profit public benefit organization that helps communities or beneficiaries of land reform. We do this through supporting or rather providing advisory services to communities in order to structure commercially viable partnerships between the beneficiary communities on the one hand and investors on the other so that much needed jobs can be created, income can be created, skills can be transferred to this community. Our work is complementary to what government is doing in developing rural communities and ensuring the productive use of restored land. One of our objectives is to really demonstrate the value of you know, community and private partnerships as a contributor to successful land reform. As Vumelana, we work through skilled transaction advisory teams who are assembled per project and would include their, their skill set would include legal deal structuring and community facilitation. We work in the agricultural sector, our work spans across agriculture, tourism, ecotourism, forestry, and a few other areas. All right. And thanks for that context, because I think it's within that backdrop that you've really um, sort of shared your views on what you see uh, as the challenges that are um, facing the land reform process. So so let's run through some of them then, Peter. What do you believe are the biggest challenges? Well, there are a number of challenges um, in the land reform space and in the main these have been addressed through, through or have been identified through a number of reports. Uh, for example, the Motlante report and the Presidential Advisory Panel on Land Reform and Agriculture have detailed a number of issues that impact on the acceleration of land reform. This includes, amongst others, lack of government capacity and poor coordination. They've also cited issues around corruption, They've also cited the absence of, of really an appropriate framework legislation that would help to keep policymakers and implementers on track and accountable. It also covers issues around inadequate budgets and the whole broader issue around access to finance, particularly for beneficiaries of land reform. 
And linked to that is failure to really involve beneficiaries at all stages of, 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 of projects. And, and, and really at the core of this is lack of post-settlement support. You know, it's one thing to give beneficiaries the land. You know, if you give them the land without providing them with access to markets, without providing them with the requisite skills, without providing them with finance, as an example, it's that's tantamount to really setting them up for failure. So post-settlement support is really one of the critical areas that are lacking in land reform. And until we address this, we are unlikely to see much changes. Mm. And, and, and and those challenges then, as, as you're highlighting them, Peter, do you find that, you know, the bulk of them often come post the process of a claimant coming forward and being awarded um, the particular land that they that they would have wanted? Well, I, I think maybe just taking a step back, I think it is important mm. at a point when, or rather before the claim is actually settled, particularly in the restitution space, that an assessment is actually done to firstly understand the, com- the, the dynamics within the community a lot better, to understand what the needs of the communities are, to uh, further have a better understanding in terms of what the previous owners of the land have been using the land for. Because what we have observed is that frequently you'll find that the the land was actually profitable and was uh, productive before it was actually transferred. But at the point when it's transferred, there's a lull in the sense that the communities don't always have the resources to actually work the land. And this leads to all sorts of challenges, you know, ranging from inability to work this land and people losing jobs that were created uh, by the previous owners. Um, and this breeds things like infightings amongst the communities, etc. Mm-hmm. And one one most important point around post-settlement support is to really capacitate these new landowners in the form of communal properties, property associations, or landowning trust, so that they can have better governance systems in place so that they can run their affairs in a much more transparent manner because that frequently leads to infightings amongst their members or broader members of the community. You know, one of the, 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 the issues that has come up, I think the last time we had this conversation, which was towards the, the end of last year, was we had a lot of... Um, cooperatives, community cooperatives that had, uh, you know, been, that had made applications, uh, you know, as, and, and, as you know, what as what they regard themselves to be, you know, the rightful claimants of particular land, and in some instances, it was awarded. But many of the community members would then be left behind in the process. So when trusts are established in the name of um, these uh, cooperatives and those trusts that start operating. Community members just don't have access. They don't know who's managing the bank accounts. They don't know, you know, how much is in those bank accounts. And and they seem to be left behind. How can 
government be responding to that kind of problem? Because I also got the sense that once you know a claimant has been awarded, then they leave it in the hands of the claimants and they don't really want to get involved. Uh, the, the point that you are raising is, is is very important. I mean, whilst there are positives in the sense that land has been transferred to the rightful owners, it is equally important to make sure that the land is actually put to productive use, i.e. that the communities are actually supported. And this form of support not only relates to, uh, you know, access to finance or, or the skill sets, I think the whole issue rather complies with the basics of good corporate governance requirements are in the main some of the biggest challenges that are facing these communal property associations of the or the, the land owning trusts, as as you've rightly pointed out. They must be properly constituted with approved constitutions and policies. They must have sound financial administration. They have to produce audited financial statements and they need to hold annual general meetings so that they can report back to their to their members. You know, they need to maintain effective social cohesion amongst its members by consistently reporting on developments. So so if you like, good governance is a key ingredient of to successful led reform. Uh, and, and a key contributor to the high failure rate of land reform mm. project. Now, all right. In this, that Peter, government Peter, has got Peter, a role to Peter, yeah. uh, I'm going to ask you mm. to pause it there. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. It's time for the latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathimo Sasana, weekdays 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation with Peter Sito, he's chief executive of Vumelana Advisory Fund. It's a non-profit organization that assists beneficiaries uh, of the land reform program. And he's been highlighting just what he has seen as some of the challenges facing the land reform program. So, uh, Peter, you, you are still responding to that issue um, that some of our listeners raised around communities that form these cooperatives are given land and then suddenly you have a portion of the community that's completely left out of what then um, happens to this land, the monies and, and the revenue that is derived from it. They just are unable uh, to access or benefit from that. Yeah, as I've said, it, it is important for, for this CPAs or land owning trust to comply with the basics of good governance and which amongst others entail that they need to provide feedback, constant feedback to their membership, et cetera. Now, government or the Department of Rural Development actually serves as the regulator for these entities. But it's one thing to try to regulate these entities, but it's something else to, to, to ensure that they comply. And in our experience, it is important. We found that it really helps to handhold them, to provide them with support, to make sure that mm. we assist them with putting these governance processes in place. You know, uh, I think that's something that we need to do more as a country, and, the, and government needs to invest more money in ensuring that these entities are supported, so that they can conform to the requirements of the Communal Property Associations Act to ensure 
that they can respond more positively and ensure that the beneficiaries or the broader their broader members can benefit from from the land reform uh, land, from the land reform process you spoke about the issue of collaboration earlier and said that uh, there needs to be a lot of collaboration and and working together um to to at least help ease some of these challenges so where is 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 the problem of then coordination coming through where are you uh, seeing that the most well collaboration happens it should uh, or should happen at different levels firstly you've got a number of government departments that are supporting land reform in one another in one form or another You've got that, for example, the Department of Forestry. You've got the Department of Rural Development and Agriculture and Rural Development on the one hand. You've got the Department of Tourism. You also have got the Department of Environmental Affairs. So in one form or another, you'll find that these departments do interface or deal to some extent uh, with land reform-related issues. So it is important that all these departments should actually cooperate and work more closer so that we can have meaningful impact you know um so 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 that's collaboration at the one at one level the other collaboration that's really key for us is partnerships between the communities and the private sector and for us these are really low hanging fruit to fast track the opportunities to drive the success and the productive use of the land reform program. In that, you, you've got government which has got, which has got to deal with a whole lot of challenges, you know, from education, social security, you name it, you know. For us to really hope that government will be able to address all of this, I think we'll be making a big mistake. It is for that reason, as Vumela, we are actually, uh, you know, advancing an argument that says it's important to leverage the private sector so that they can work closer with the communities. Our work bears testimony to the fact that partnership between the beneficiaries of land reform and the private sector can be an immediate way of addressing the current challenges. I mean, as an example, since our existence over the last 11 years or so, we have supported in excess of 25 community projects, attracting in excess of a billion rent in private investment and putting into productive use in excess of 72,000 hectares of land and, and positively impacting on more than 16,000 households. One might actually say maybe, one might argue that maybe this is a drop in, in an ocean, but you can imagine that only if we were to replicate this you know, I think we'll make meaningful mm. impact mm. and begin to address some of the core challenges that beneficiaries of land reform are actually facing. However, for us to be able to do this, we need financial resources to support the communities. And I believe that government, the private sector, the donor community can contribute towards ensuring that organizations that work like Fumelana and other related entities can expand on supporting land reform communities, thus create much needed jobs and promote social cohesion. 
We can't have a conversation around land reform and not talk mm -hmm. about the land bank and the role that that particular um, organization is supposed to be playing. Um, what has your experience with the land bank been? And, and do you believe that the bank has actually, you know, it, it's positioned to, of course, assist those um, in the agricultural sector, but do you believe that it is playing an, an effective role? Well, we, we are all aware of some of the challenges that the land bank has actually uh, encountered in, in the past. You know, but I, I, I mean to reflect on this. The the ruling party at its 55th national elective conference, uh, amongst one of its resolution was that uh, there's a need to enhance the operational capacity of the land bank to help the institution so that it can fulfill its mandate. You know, in our view, the land bank is a credible institution. It should be supported and adequately resourced so that it can enable it so that it can fulfill its mandate you know. so as we then get ready to conclude our conversation peter what is the advice that you would have um for those people that are currently engaged and communities that, that are currently engaged in in processes of trying to get their land bank based on these challenges that you have noted in the system actively working with claimants? Well, I, I think as a starting point, um, <clears throat> there is the need for the communities to proactively engage with, with the relevant government departments whose responsibilities are um, related to land reform. And in, in, in this specific instance, I'm referring to the Department of Agriculture and land reform. You know, It is important that they have an open and honest engagement with them so that they can understand what their role could be, what positive role that they could play. So for me, that's, that's very crucial. Secondly, those communities, or rather those communal property associations, as a starting point, they need to make sure that they work towards ensuring or maintaining effective social co cohesion amongst its members by really engaging them honestly, telling them about the developments with regard to the whole process of claiming the land. And once the land has been, or the claiming process has been concluded, providing consistent feedback so that no one is left behind, you know. Thirdly, they need to engage with organizations such as Vumelana and like-minded organizations for advice and, where possible, assistance. I mean, uh, I would even encourage uh, those communities to go into our website, which, got, which has got a lot of information, uh, including self-help information that they can go through to see what other communities that have traversed this route, what is it that they've done? Because I think... We, communities can learn more by mm. really engaging mm. other communities have, that have traversed this route, including visiting some of them, you know, to say, what has been your challenges? How have you dealt with these challenges? You know, who assisted mm. you? What are those things that we must be aware of? And what, you know, the do's and don'ts in this process. I think there'll be a lot of merit in doing that. And our web address is www dot vumelana dot org dot za 
And, and, and for those communities, Peter, who often will say that, you know, the problems, some of the biggest problems they are facing are with the departments that are supposed to be helping and, and assisting with the process. And, and that's often where um, we hear the, the biggest complaints coming in. How, how do you bypass it? Can you even bypass that? Well, government departments are fairly big um, organizations, if, for lack of a better way, you know. And I know that for a fact that a lot of communities would deal with government officials at a local level, you know. So frequently, you'll find that the level of frustration actually emanates at that level. I think our people out there need to understand that they should not hesitate to escalate to the up to the highest level. I mean, if you are not mm. deriving joy from your local office, you must go to the, the provincial office. If you are not deriving joy from the provincial office, you must escalate this to the to 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 the national office. And if needs be, you can escalate it to the level of the minister. But what we see, or what frequently happens, is you know our people would mostly deal with the local office and despite the fact that when they are not getting help they don't escalate some of these issues it is within their rights to actually escalate complaints as and when they are not getting any form of assistance all right peter sito is chief executive of vumelana advisory fund and it's a non-profit organization uh, which assists beneficiaries um, this is of the land reform program so i certainly hope that uh, some of the views that he has shared have been um, helpful to you i know already that as the year started we started getting calls from our listeners um, some of those that have had claims, you know, that have been literally waiting for adjudication for years now. There has been a backlog um, with uh, some of the claims, with the claims process. And there were calls um, that for those that had applied and did not get any feedback, uh, for them to reach out uh, in particular uh, to the various departments. But of course, it is an ongoing process and an ongoing journey. And I think as Peter is saying, if you're not getting help, perhaps reach out to the organizations that are also working um, with other communities in this space so that you can hear um, how then to best navigate the challenges. Uh, there might be advice that they can share, uh, which can be very useful to you. I hope that it's been a good three hours for you. I also hope that you've been, you enjoyed the uh, second hour of the show, which was the live broadcast, uh, looking at the impact of climate change and in particular, the insurance industry. would love to hear your feedback on that would you want to see more of these conversations um level do you want to see more of these conversations do you want to hear rather uh, more of these conversations on the talking point uh, let us know let us know what works what doesn't work and we can always build on it right we can always build on it uh, so that it becomes a product ultimately that you uh, also enjoy on that note that's where we'll leave it on the talking point for today we're back with you again uh tomorrow's tomorrow Friday. Tomorrow is Friday. Can you believe it? Where has the week gone, right? It has certainly uh, just flown by. So we'll be wrapping up the week tomorrow on The Talking Point. Up next is the book reading. <laughs>